Hi, welcome to Pitt Town Church. We are so glad that you're listening to this podcast. We pray that this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you would like more information, check out our website at www.pitttownchurch.com. The Bible reading will be from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing, a time to search and a time to count as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his struggles? I have seen the task that God has given people to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts. But man cannot discover the work God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks and enjoys all his efforts. I know that all God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that God will be in awe of him. Thank you very much for that. Uh, You probably guessed by now we we are not continuing our our, um, Leviticus uh, Bible series tonight. After after a whole week of Leviticus, we've decided we really need a break, so we're going to do uh, Ecclesiastes instead. Uh, Such are the decisions we have to make. Um, uh, But how about I pray and let's have a look at this passage from Ecclesiastes. Uh, Dear Lord, we ask you to please help us this evening as we hear your word and think about your word and how it would apply to us today. Uh, Please give us open ears and soft hearts. Father, uh, please bend whatever needs bending, uh, mend whatever needs mending, and set our feet on the right path. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, for those of you mothers who are here this evening, a happy Mother's Day to you. For those of you who are not mothers like myself, I hope you had an opportunity perhaps to uh, spend some time, make your mum feel special and uh, make it a good day for her uh, or at least ring her up and wish her happy birthday. However that works, happy Mother's Day, however that works for you. That's how good I am at this. Okay, Um, yeah, look, I mean, it it must be very special to be a mum uh, I, I can't speak from experience about being a mum. I'm not a mum, just so you all know. Um, 
Uh, I don't have the necessary equipment to be a mum. Uh, that's that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I do get to be a dad though, and being a dad is pretty good. Uh, but I would imagine that being a mum is very special, and to have that idea of having a, a unique bond to 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 bring a child into the world and to nurture them. However, you know th they go through life as they grow up. That would be great. But of course, on Mother's Day, we do also remember that there are. Uh, many women who don't get the opportunity to be a mum, and that's for lots of different reasons. And of course, there are uh, many mums uh, who do have to live with the pain of losing a child. And even assuming that all goes well, uh, kids do grow up very quickly. And I can tell you from experience that it can be very scary sometimes being a parent, uh, because as much as a parent hopes for that perfect life for their precious little bundle of joy, uh, that things will go well for them and that they'll be popular and successful and, and all the rest of it. The, the reality is that um, in all the things that matter, uh, their journey through life is going to be very similar to yours and mine. And life does have its ups and downs. It has its good times, it has its bad times, it has its highs and its lows. And uh, for all that we try to control life and, and live a, a, a good life, uh, life very often doesn't go according to our plan, does it? So is there a way uh, to approach life so that we can better navigate it? Is there perhaps some secret to living the good life? Well, the writer of Ecclesiastes was a wise teacher in Israel, possibly a king, possibly King Solomon himself, and he did an awful lot of thinking and observing and experimenting uh, about the experience of being human. He wanted to understand life's meaning and purpose and to make sense of the processes that are happening in the world all around him. And as we read this book today, as we hear it read for us this evening, even some 3,000 years later, uh, what we find is that the things that he observed and the things that he concluded way back then are still very relevant for us today and very applicable to our world. So writer calls himself the teacher. So what does the teacher observe here about life? Well, firstly, he observes that in life there is a time and an occasion for everything. So verses 1 to 8 as you listen to them, they seem to cover the whole spectrum of life, the whole range of experiences and emotions that will happen to all of us somewhere between the cradle and the grave. So we're going to read verses 1 to 8 again, and, and as we read, I just want you to feel that rhythm, the rhythm of life that we all experience as we move from one time to the next. There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing, a time to search and a time to count as loss, 
a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So how do those verses make you feel? What, uh, what verses, what words resonated with you? What ideas did you notice as we read those words? How did it make you feel? Does it make you feel, did they make you feel happy? Did they make you feel sad? Uh, perhaps secure, perhaps insecure? Did they leave you feeling melancholy or purposeful? Uh, do they make you an optimist or do they make you a pessimist? Do they make you feel that life is logical or do they, feel, do they make you feel that life is not logical? Is life beautiful or is life cruel? Can it be both at the same time? Can life be all these things at the same time? Have you ever noticed that uh, an emotion or an action that is, can be entirely appropriate at one time and yet at a different time, the absolute opposite is appropriate? So at one time crying is appropriate, but at another time laughing is appropriate. At one time building up, at another time tearing down. And what about verse 5? Uh, I hope you, some of you may have picked up a verse 5, a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. Now, interestingly, two years ago, who would have imagined that for a time here in Australia, kissing or hugging or shaking hands would be pretty much illegal? But that's what we have. We have no say in that, of course. We had no say in the pandemic, which raises another thought, which is that as much as we try to control these rhythms in our life, uh, the truth is that we actually really have very little control. You actually had no say when you were born. Ultimately, you don't choose when you die. The farmer doesn't really choose when to plant and when to uproot his crops because that depends on the seasons, and the seasons are out of the farmer's control. And I think that if I could, and I suspect you guys would be the same, I would choose that in to have the happy times, you know, the laughing times, the healing times, the, the gathering times, the loving times, the peace times, the embracing times. But verse 1 says there is an occasion, an appropriate time and circumstance for uprooting, for dying, for weeping, for throwing away, for tearing down, and even for war, as is, it is for the people of Ukraine today. So over this whole journey of life from uh, being a baby to old age, uh, if we make it that far, you know, you and I are going to go through so many different experiences, um, things like our first day at school or our first date or passing exams or perhaps failing exams, um, starting a career, getting married, maybe not getting married, uh, having children, losing children making new friends, losing old friends. So many good times and so many bad times. So many different times in our life to experience this whole range of extremes of emotions and, and experiences, plus everything that is in between. And so when you look at those verses, it makes you realise that life is beautiful. 
but it is also confronting and confusing and sometimes we can see it as just downright cruel. We don't understand it and we certainly don't control it. But God does because he is the one who not only understands these rhythms in our life but directs their course. As verse 1 says, everything happens under heaven. So what does the teacher, teacher have to say about this situation? Well, uh, only looking at verse 11 here, but we'll read from verse 9. What does the worker gain from his struggles? I have seen the task that God has given people to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts, but man cannot discover the work of God that God has done from beginning to end. So just thinking about verse 11, there's three things that we should notice there about us and God. And the first thing is that God has made everything appropriate in his time. So it's our creator, God, who is the one who determines when the baby is to be born or the person to die or the nation to rise or to fall or for a crop to grow or to fail or for a country to go to war or a peace to be forged. God ordains the timing of everything and he does this according to a grand design and this grand design encompasses everything, the whole sweep of history from before the creation of the universe, which we can't imagine, through to the, the stretching through to eternity, which we also can't imagine, you know. And God ordains and designs all of that. And included in all of that is our lives and our ups and downs that we each experience. So God has made everything appropriate in his time. Second then, God has put eternity in our hearts. What does that mean, God has put eternity in our hearts? Well, I would take that to mean that unlike the animals, human beings have been given an awareness that there is more to life than this life. Uh, if you look around the world, every culture in the world and every culture in history has some sort of spiritual belief system. Uh, we all seem to have an inkling, a desire, if you like, that we go on beyond the grave and that perhaps there is a much bigger story at play here that we have some role in and that we have a sneaking suspicion that life must be more than what we can see in our time. And thirdly then, here is the literally, quite literally, the frustrating part. We cannot see the whole picture of what God is doing, even in our own lives. So our understanding is limited. Now, life is big and, it, you know, you might go, okay, I, obviously I'm not going to understand everything, but let's, let's, let's get an idea of why our understanding of life is limited. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and con go to a sort of smaller life story and a smaller universe, something a bit less complicated. Uh, so uh, let, let's go with uh, Luke Skywalker and the Star Wars uh, universe. Uh, if you, you're not a big fan of Star Wars, that's fine. You can insert some other uh, story that you know, but, uh, you know, maybe you're a fan, maybe you're not. I'm not here to judge. And, uh, you know, but either way, uh, I want us to all just to imagine for a moment 
uh, and this might be easier for some than others, that you know absolutely nothing about, you know, Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker and his dad issues or about the Death Star or, you know, the, or the Force or anything like that. Now, I'm going to get you to imagine, this might be a bit of a stretch for some of us here, uh, not for me, but for some of us here, but imagine instead that it is 1977. So 1977 when it, everything really was cool. And uh, you, you jump on the train, this is back in 1977, and you are heading into town with your friends to see the new Star Wars movie. And uh, you are all dressed up for the occasion. You've got your purple flares on and your paisley shirt with the big collar, looking pretty good. But, uh, but with the train surprisingly running late and uh, also an unfortunate accident involving a spilt jumbo-sized Fanta, uh, you only got to watch one scene from the whole movie. So one scene, one scene from the whole movie. Do you think you would walk out of that cinema with a complete understanding of Luke Skywalker's story and the whole Star Wars universe? No, not a chance, of course. It, it would be much more like, you know, what's with that guy in the black helmet and the funny voice and, uh, uh, you know, what, what the heck is a force and why is that guy waving his hands at that person and, and who's Jedi and, you know, and, and what's with that really annoying gold robot? Um, you know, your, in other words, your understanding would be very, very limited, wouldn't it? Well, in the same way, we don't have God's timeless perspective. We don't see the full picture of what is going on. And so when something happens in our life and we decide that it is a good thing or a bad thing, we, we, we actually uh, don't have all the information there. We actually do not know what the consequences of that event are going to be. Only God has that big picture. Only God can know what is truly good for us. So we cannot see the whole picture of what God is doing, even in our own lives. That's a very sobering thought. So just thinking about all these things that the teacher has shown us about life and about ourselves and about God, is there then a secret to living the good life? What, what can we take home from this? Well, here is the teacher's take-home advice, and this is uh, from verses 12 to 14. So just first up, verse 12, it's very simple, enjoy doing good. So verse 12, I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. Now, it's got a little check here. Um, when the teacher says, enjoy the good life, he doesn't mean what that probably sounded like to your ears. Um, he's not telling us to uh, live it up to buy sports cars and party all hours and collect Rolexes and uh, generally um, live uh, for our own pleasure. That's not that sort of good life uh, because contrary to popular opinion, that actually is not the good life at all. The real good life, the good life that the teacher is talking about here, is actually a life of doing good. That is the good life. So loving others, serving others living a generous lifestyle, uh, generally becoming more like Jesus is living the good life. So living a moral and an ethical life that pleases our creator, 
is truly good for us and it is good for others. It is good for the people that are around us. It's going to be good for future generations. It's going to be good for our world. So enjoy doing good. Secondly, enjoy God's gifts and be thankful. So verse 13, it is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks and enjoys all his efforts. So having said it's about doing good, uh, God also wants us to enjoy the good things, doesn't he? He wants us to enjoy the good things and the good times that he gives us. And that includes our work. So there's many things that we can enjoy in life, uh, whatever it is that God gives you to enjoy. So whether that's uh, parties or friends or socials or, um, you know, weddings or beautiful sunsets or all these things. Even the food and drink that we get to enjoy are things that God has provided for us today. And take pleasure in your work. If you're, if you're, whatever your God has given you to do with your hands, that, that is uh, a gift to you. So, you know, that, that might be whatever is lying ahead of you in life. So whether it's going to be um, raising a family or is it going to be driving a truck, you know, these are all gifts from God. Being a, being a parent is, gift from, is a gift from God. Um, having parents is a gift from God. Um, driving trucks is a gift from God. To be human, to experience all the riches of life is a gift from God. And so God wants us to be thankful for all these things, all these times that he gives us. And last of all, most importantly, uh, consider that God in his perfect wisdom puts everything in our lives so that we might come to know just how awesome he is. Verse 14, I know that all God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Why does he say God's work will last forever? Well, because whatever God does is perfect. There's, there's, there's no... Uh, there's nothing to add to it. There's nothing to take away from it. There's nothing that can make what God, God does more perfect than it is. God is good and whatever he does is good and, and, he, and he does it for our good. He's an amazing God. He, 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 he knows the big picture. He knows where your life is going. God makes everything appropriate, beautiful in its time. But to us, though, from our limited perspective, although some experiences in life are beautiful to us, some of them are quite painful, and they are painful. But here is the most extraordinary thing. God uses both beauty and pain to draw us to him, to seek him out. And he has given you more than enough to find him and to know him because God shows himself to us. He shows himself to us in his creation. He shows himself to us in his word, in the Bible. And, of course, he shows himself to us in his son, Jesus. And Jesus himself said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full 
I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, Jesus is the answer to what life is all about. And so perhaps then what we need to hear and what we need to know and what we need to come to terms with is that the secret to the good life is as simple as this. Seek out Jesus, trust him and follow him. Pray that we would all do that. Amen.